The true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made to you, made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. This is the word of God. Amen. Thank you, Jamie, Deacon Jamie. Thank you, Deacon Andy. I will close us in prayer because Andy talked a lot. Just kidding. Um, hello, my name is Christine. Uh, I am currently serving as the intern worship pastor for about a year and a half now. For those of you who don't know me, are there any visitors here today? Can I get a woo if you're visiting? Oh, nice. In 9.30 and 10.30, everyone was like, ooh. Um, but yeah, welcome. Uh, so I'm just going to jump right in um, for continuity's sake. Um, what Andy just shared just now, uh, statistics attest for, uh, that there is growth in these women and something is stirring within them. According to an article um, uh, an article and statistics, uh, most estimates suggest that um, that at least half of India's Christians are Dalits, and Dalits are is the caste that the Devadasis are part of. At least half of the Indi- of India's Christians are Dalits, right? And some of you who went to India might know of him, but there's a pastor there named Pastor Danny. Uh, pastor Danny, he's with us every year, I think, almost every year uh, we visit India, and he ministers to these women, right? So we went to visit his church, um, and his church is literally like the size of um, probably one of our classrooms, right? It's the size of one of our classrooms, and 100 people come and have service there on Sundays, and uh, we got to visit it, and his uh, wife cooked us food, and we ate it with our hands. And, uh, and we just got to just discuss and, and just converse with them. 
And I think it was Andy who actually asked, hey, Pastor Danny, what's your vision? And I remember Pastor Danny saying, what vision? My vision is to be faithful. And his goal was to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And that got me thinking. Here, we pray to God saying, give me vision. God, I look to you. And we sing that song and and everything. And we expect and hope that God gives us big dreams and visions. And I'm not saying that that's bad. I, I think it's great to have big dreams and imagination. We should have that. But I was so humbled by the simple vision and dream to just be faithful and go where God leads. Actually, India's culture in general is really on the fly. They go where the spirit is leading. So when our team goes to India, you have to go expecting things are going to change last minute and not knowing what's going to happen the next day. Actually, like Andy shared, um, we thought we were going to have a children's conference there, and we brought a lot of VBS stuff like necklaces and stuff like that, but we ended up not using any of them, and we had to donate it to kids nearby. You don't know what's going to happen. That's their culture. So Pastor Danny, I don't know his testimony, but at one point, um, he felt led to minister to these women. And you saw the villages that we visited. These are villages that Pastor Danny visits frequently. After, and one, in one village, after 15 years of ministering, uh, he was finally able to get land uh, to build a church there which is not allowed, but he was so faithful to what God was telling him to do, and um, he was faithful to the people there, and to um, and he served them well. And they started to trust him, and they gave him space to build a church. Isn't that amazing? When I think about Pastor Danny, I see an embodiment of John 15, 1 through 17. Here is this guy who doesn't even have enough money to have a huge church or own a car or a moped. Um, And he goes to these villages that are hours away by public transportation. You don't see him building his own life, but building his father's kingdom. And God honors it. And you see the fruit that he bore from a life of just trusting the father. Um, Andy said that um, one, one mark that he sees that the gospel has impacted you is joy and service. I'm going to add one more thing. I would say it's the fruit of love. The fruit of love that just overflows and pours out from Pastor Danny onto the woman. And he even loved on our team. And he loved me very well, too. He would pull me aside, and he would just get to know me, ask me questions. I got to ride a scooter with him. I rode in the back, and we just talked. And uh, one time, he just pulled me aside, and he was like, hey, Christine, I'm going to uh, pray for you and your future husband. And I was like, okay, I need that. I need that. <laughs> right? He just loved on me really well. The fruit of love is a mark of the gospel, in Galatians 5.22 and 1 Corinthians 13, and in our passage today, you see that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Today, what I want to just emphasize um, is verses 4 and 5, and I'm going to read it for you again. It says, Remain in me, 
as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Our passage today uses the word remain 11 times. This passage is saying, no matter what, remain in God's love. And what does that mean to remain in God's love? It means to persevere. It means to persevere as God prunes us to bear fruit. Now, I can't tell you about Pastor Danny's testimony, like I said, but I can tell you about the pruning process. For you to bear much fruit, you need to be pruned. And you need to be pruned 90%. For a plant to bear fruit, it has to be 90%. Not 10%, not 30%, not 50 not 80 It has to be pruned 90%. So it wasn't ultimately Danny's axe that bore all that fruit. In fact, he contributed nothing. The plant can't prune itself. The one taking care of the plant has to prune it. And I just want to remind you today that Jesus is our pruner. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. What we can do is we let him prune and we persevere. We are to remain in the one true vine by pursuing him by listening for his voice through scripture, obeying and following, we are to persevere. And let me just call it out. It's too easy for us to rely on what we're good at. And we call that, and some of us, what we're good at, we call it our spiritual giftings um, and even blessings that God gave us. It's too easy for us to look at our gifts rather than our gifter. And we forget God. And we forget to remain in God because at some point, we tell ourselves we can do it ourselves. We can live lives ourselves. You know, I too am guilty of that. Sometimes I honestly think our gifts and what we're good at is sometimes our limitations. We're just stuck at what we're good at. And God becomes really small. We are to pursue him and him only. Our team in India, we didn't prune these women. We didn't save their lives. We didn't even heal them. And in any setting, you can share the gospel truth all you want with people, but for the truth to stick with them, stick in their hearts, is not us and our works. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. We contribute nothing. Right? We can't do that. Pastor Danny can't do that. Only God can do that. Apart from him, we can do nothing. I can't emphasize that enough. And all we have to do is be faithful, persevere, and let him prune us. 
Our goal in life is not to do what we're called to do. Let's not even call it doing it for God. All God wants from us is simply to remain in his love as daughters and sons of God and just have faith that God is the God who can do everything. Through the hard times, church, persevere. Through the easy times, good times, especially persevere. Persevere to remain in the one that will let you bear fruit. We're constantly to go back to remaining in his love as sons and daughters of God. This is how we will truly be effective ministers of the gospel. Now, I just want to share a little bit of my testimony that Andy kind of introduced. Um, If we can go back to the foot washing picture. I don't know if you see me, but I'm behind the, the white shirt guy. If you see a little pink shirt, that's me. Um, yeah, like Andy said, we've been washing the women's feet. New Mercy has been washing the women's feet for about five years now. And this is the first time that the woman started washing our feet. And I remember when the woman was like pulling me and they were like, let me wash your feet, let me wash your feet. Um, I was like, no, 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 that's not your job. I came here to do that. That's my job to do it. And then they sat me down, and then they just started washing my feet. And they started just wiping my feet, the water off my feet with their scarves, which is a sign of respect. And I I, I broke down, like Andy said. Because who I saw in that was Jesus. To just give you a little backstory, um, Ever since I was young, people would tell me, Christine, you're a strong leader. You have strong leadership skills. You're a leader. When people would pray for me, they'd be like, you're going to be a leader, blah, blah. And last year, someone came up to me in India was like, you're going to be a leader for India. And I was like, no, nah, I rebuked that in the name of Jesus, right? <laughs> but people would just tell me, like, you're a leader. But last year, I took a class called Soul Care, which is actually led by our guest retreat speaker. His name is Rob Reamer, uh, and he teaches that class. During that class, Jesus told me, Christine, before you're a leader, you're a follower first. And I remember I was so blown away by that, and I was like, you're right. I am a follower first. And I I rested in that, and I um, just sat in it, and I was just following. But at one point, it became to the point where I was trying too hard to be a follower. So in that moment, when the woman started washing my feet, I felt like Jesus was saying, Christine, before you're a leader, before you're a follower, you're my daughter first. And I want to serve you. And when the women were washing my feet, I felt like Jesus was saying, you're a part of me now. And it says in our passage that he doesn't call us servants any longer, but he calls us friend. And in that moment, he was calling me a friend. This is the encounter God wants with you. 
doesn't have to happen in India. It can happen right here in this auditorium. As I remind you and myself that we have nothing, that we contribute nothing, actually what he wants to remind us that to him, we are is everything. That we don't have to have anything, that he's got it. And all we need to do is just remember, remember his love and remain in it. I feel like I talk about the love of the Father a lot. But honestly, I, keep, I think I keep being led this way because I think that's what the church needs. The church needs to remember. Remember that we can't do anything apart from Jesus. This life is nothing apart from Jesus. Our skills are nothing apart from Jesus. Remember that we are not called to do, but we are called to be. Because to God, you are everything. You are worth the life of his son. Church, don't put that in vain. Don't let death of Jesus go into waste. So today, I just felt like I want to let God just love on us. You know, one practical way to remain in his love is not to do more stuff for him, but it's just to go back to him. Sometimes it doesn't even mean to sing to him. There was one season of my life where God was just like, stop singing. I don't want your songs. I want just you. And then sometimes it doesn't mean to go to church for him. And that also makes us question, why do we come to church? It means to fight for the relationship you have with your father. I don't know about you, but I did not grow in any relationship where everything was about me doing something for that person or that person doing something for me. Relationships don't grow like that. You guys know that. It grows when you sit and talk to that person, where you get to know the person, when you sit and listen to that person. It grows when you're vulnerable with that person and that person is vulnerable with you. And as I was just praying for this Sunday, I felt like God wanted to just say, hey, I want to be vulnerable with you. That even if you resist me, even if you reject me, like the woman, I rejected their foot washing and I resisted it because I was like, no, that's not your job, that's mine. But God saying, hey, no, let me do my job. Even if you reject me, even when you resist me, I will still keep pursuing you. That's vulnerability. That you're, all, you're open. When you're open and you're open to get hurt, but you keep going at it. And that's what God's do- God does. It's reckless. It's reckless. It was worth the life of his son. But that's what he does. And he says, I want to be vulnerable with you today. And he's asking, will you receive that? So today we're going to do something different. We're not going to have the praise team come up. We're not going to do a response song. Like I said, sometimes he doesn't want our songs. 
We're not going to sing. You don't even have to stand. You can do whatever you want. And you know what? You don't even have to pray. Uh, let's be real. Sometimes our language is very Christianese. And he just wants us to sit in his love. So if he can play the song, um, I just want you to listen uh, to what God's saying to you through the song and for you to reflect. Um, you can play the song. Um, and this song has two parts. You guys probably know this song. The, the first part is um, us praising God like we do on Sundays and just our lives. And the second part is God's response to us. Uh, so let's just sit in it and see our God and God's heart for us.
At this time, we're going to pray. Um, I'm just going to ask um, for music to keep playing. And if you guys just want to sit and just soak in the presence of God, you can. Uh, if you want to get prayed for, you can come on this side. Um, and if you want to leave, you can just leave. You could do whatever you want. So let, let me just close us in prayer. Uh, God, we just thank you for being a God who is so, so, so in love with us. And God, we pray to be a generation, we pray to be a church that is so, so, so in love with you. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.